This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name's Anna Hawkin, and I'm part of the team here at Parenting for Faith. What you're about to hear is the audio from one of our Facebook Live sessions. Now, every month on the 10th Monday of the month, so whichever one falls between the 13th and the 19th, we do something called bedtime drinks. And what it is, you come along onto Facebook, um, just on our main page, and Rachel picks up on a topic that you guys have been asking about that's really relevant and, um, yeah, things have been going on. And uh, this month we were looking at children who are disengaged or disinterested. It was pointed out to us, we actually meant uninterested, not disinterested, but that didn't sound as good. So uh, disinterested it is. Um, And we do these age specific. So this session that you are about to hear is the under fives version. Uh, But you'll see there are three different versions of this podcast, episode 70A, 70B, 70C. Uh, So if you have older children, feel free to just skip past this one and uh, click onto the age that is relevant for you. We would love you to come and join in with our next Facebook Live, which is going to be on Monday the 13th of July. So this Monday just coming up, if you're listening to this when it comes out. And that's going to be all about how to engage with an online festival. Uh, We've been really involved with New Wines, uh, online gathering, United Breaks Out. You can find out everything we're doing at parentingforfaith.org forward slash UBO. Um, But yeah, we're really going to dig deep. Obviously, it's different uh, being at home, but how can we still get the fruit and help our kids and our family to really engage with that? Uh, But I will hand you over now to Rachel. Hello, my name is Rachel Turner. (laughs) And this is live. And uh, guys, I'm sorry, I'm sitting at my desk today because we were too lazy to start the bedtime routine on time. So I'm hiding in my room while in my office while, uh, you know, the rest of the world and my family meanders towards bedtime. <laughs> so uh, if you are like me and uh, are impressed that you are here vaguely near on time, welcome uh, today. Hi, Zoe. Uh, it is so good to see you all. Uh, I am so happy to be with you. Hi, Joanne. Uh, this is a, I feel like we, I just want to do like a collective high five. Whenever a bunch of parents get together, particularly under fives. Uh, hi, Helen. I feel like we should all just like see each other and be like, I see you. I see you. And well done. So uh, welcome. Uh, I'm so happy to be here with you. I look forward to these every month. Uh, it is bedtime drinks with Rachel. I have my caffeinated Pepsi Max cherry because that's what I live on. Uh, and I also had a Five Guys shake earlier today. It's open. Uh, So I hope that you have a drink. I hope that you're relaxed. Today we are talking about a very important subject, which I find really important, which is about disengaged and disinterested children. I mean, not that like that's their personality or that in general, that's just the core of who they are, but that um, there are times in seasons that our kids uh, all of a sudden seem disinterested and disengaged. And what do we do about it? Because uh, often it's, it's 
it's hard because you think, oh, is this okay? Is it not okay? I'm not sure. So I wanted to give you guys some real practical stuff to help your under fives um, when they become disinterested or disengaged because uh, it can feel quite a helpless situation. So as usual, um, welcome each other and add in your wisdom and your experiences. Start writing any questions or scenarios that you're experiencing now that I can help you with or uh pray for you about. Uh, I'll add some of my thoughts, uh, then I'll pray for you, and then I'll answer any questions that you may have. And if we don't get to all of them, then I'll answer them online. So uh, I'm here with you for we can go. Uh, when it comes to under fives, uh, when I was writing the notes for this, I find it interesting. I had the most to say about under fives, which I was surprised about. Uh, so I'm a bit buzzed because I was outside today. <laughs> it's sunshiny-ish. Uh, I think sometimes when it comes to under fives, one of the things that is really helpful for us as parents is to change what we're measuring because it can be so, so easy to begin to become overly focused on what our under fives are doing. Uh, so we sit down, we pull out the Bible, and then whoosh, they're off and we're like, no, it's really important. So we're like, eh, that's where I'm going to be the Bible. No, it's really important. And we get them back there and then they're off and we're thinking my kid just is not interested in Bible stories. And we begin to feel um, frustrated with their behavior or concerned about their disinterest because we think, well, if they're disinterested in the Bible now, what's going to be like when they're a teenager? Uh, and I just think it's really helpful to pivot from focusing on their disengagement or disinterest with, with activities and put it on the fruit of what is happening in their lives. So the question is not, how do I get my kid interested in reading the Bible with me? The question is, how can I help my kid love God's words? And that is a really important pivot for our hearts because then whether or not they like reading the Bible and sitting on your lap together, that's not the question. The question is, how can I help my kid love God's words? And there's a thousand ways you can do that. That's more than just having a Bible reading time. You can put a verse on the walls. You can uh, sing it over them. You can pick a song. You can help them. But once you, once you focus on what the fruit is that you want to see, then you be, you can begin to aim towards that and you can you can have a look at that. The other thing with under fives that's really helpful to have in your mind as you um, begin to, to have a look at this fruit is to not measure it when it's happening. Uh, you learn this a lot when you work with multiple under fives all at the same time because you'll be teaching the best, best Bible story connection time of your life. You know, you're like, this is genius. No, really like I am a genius at this moment. And you're teaching it and there's and there's 20 blank faces <laughs> and they're touching on their toes. They they don't even look like they're in the room. And you're like, I know it's not me because I'm amazing. So even like the most confident person out there who's like, no, I know it's good. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're engaged, but the fruit of whether or not whatever you were teaching, engaging or not engaging, the fruit of that is do you see it pop up other places in their lives? Because kids may look bored and disinterested in front of you, but then three days later, they'll pop up and say, I want to chat to God before I go to bed. And everyone's like, what? And then as a church worker, I'm getting emails like, my kid just did this. And it's like, oh, fruit, it's popping up someplace else. So don't don't, as someone whose soul has been crushed multiple times by bored children in my face, don't assess the fruit based on what you're seeing in the immediate. 
assess the fruit of what you see popping up in their lives because it will happen over and over and over and over and over again. Um, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll surprise you. So assess sort of how your kid is engaged or disengaged um, based on what you're seeing in their lives. That's a really helpful thing, what pops up later, not whether or not they're doing it now. Um, that doesn't mean, you know, you should pivot. Well, we'll get onto that. So one, change your measurement from their behavior and activity to what is the fruit you want to see in their lives and how is that going? Uh, the second thing that I think can be really helpful uh, in this season is to let go of the shoulds. There are so many, so many shoulds in our heads of what under five's faith should look like. And what we can do sometimes is become overwhelmed with how much we feel like we're failing and our kid is failing at this thing. Under five's faith should be easy, we tell ourselves in our heads. Everyone else's kid prays really nicely at dinner time, and we have these shoulds of what it should look like. Our kids should be able to sit down and listen to the Bible. Our kids should be able to do craft or like craft or want to do coloring pages with, uh, with, you know, for the COVID-19 thing. I mean, it's not that hard for our kid to want to color Daniel in the lion's den. Or we feel like our kid sh should want to play Bible stories or should engage with Sundays. And these shoulds can absolutely bury us and trap us into um, feeling like this is what our kid should be interested in and therefore they're not and I need to fix that. And so if we pivot our hearts, first of all, to what is the fruit that we want our, to see in our kids' lives, the other thing we need to pivot is our expectations from, I expect my kids to engage with all of our family faith activities, to this is what I expect. To me, this is what I expect out of under fives. I expect that God is talking to my under fives. That's what I expect. I expect that the God who made these kids is talking to these kids and is discipling these kids and is engaged with their lives. That's what I expect. I expect that all under fives can perceive and genuinely love and follow God. That I absolutely see that in scripture and that is what I expect, that that is what is possible for them, that is what is God has for them. Um, I expect that my kid is, um, is having genuine connection with God and more than I think. They are seeing more of God, they are seeing more of me. <laughs> they are watching me a lot more than I think they are watching. Uh, I expect that my kid is paying attention to where God is and where I am showing them God is in my life and in my home. So they're watching me, I expect that they're watching. And I expect that I will never see everything that's going on with my kid's spiritual life. Those are the things I expect. Uh, and when you have those expectations, it raises your level of knowledge that God is partnering with you, that um, that God is talking, that God is present, that your kids are engaged, that, that you're going to see a little bit of the big stuff, and that your kid is engaged because your kid is always watching you, and therefore you're going to have influence. So, so change your measurement and change your list of shoulds, and then you're going to be able to start to feel free to help your kid who looks disengaged or disinterested right now with finding what sparks them because because um, you're letting go of that sense of control and disappointment and expecting that God's going to be doing it and that the kids naturally are positioned to be sitting and, and, and soaking up what you are um, showing them and soaking up what God himself is connecting to them about. Um, so the third thing is, is, is asking yourself, 
what are we trying to get them engaged in and how and really taking on that power that we have as parents. So often we go straight towards what is the activity resource that we can do together, particularly with under fives. And I don't know why, but it's it's an it's like an instinct. It's like, ah, give me the Bible, give me the give me the craft, give me the thing that we can do uh, together. And uh, and it's really helpful to know that you are the craft and the activity. Uh, and so actually, if you're wanting your kid to love God's words, um, the first thing, and we talk about the um, we talk about the cycle, the six-stage circle. If you don't know about that, please feel free to check that out. Anna will, will send a link in that. We talk about that's like a discipleship circle, but some of the spots on the discipleship circle are modeling and creating windows into your life of that. Your kid is always watching and you expect that your kid is always watching. So whatever you're wanting your kid to engage in, sometimes what happens is we make it a child-centric experience. And so we say, right, then we're going to read a little Bible story and if you're not interested in it, we're going to bail. Or we're going to do this craft. And if you're not interested in it, we're going to bail. Or we're going to watch church. And if you're not interested in it, we're going to bail. And actually, your kid is, is constantly watching you to create windows into your life for them to know. And so if you're going to read a Bible story, you're going to read a Bible story. Let's read a Bible story. And if your kid's not interested, you're, you know, that's all right. Because you know what? You love scripture. And you're going to finish that Bible story because you love it. And you read it and you go, oh, that's so interesting. If your 18-month-old wanders up and goes on, add a couple of gasps in there. I'll guarantee you they potter on back as you're like, oh, thank God. Where is God? I can't see him. They're going to be like, well, what's going on? This <laughs> wander back on because actually you love scripture and you're reading this Bible story because it feeds your heart and you can frame that. Oh, I love reading that story so much. Every time I read the stories of God, it just <sighs> makes my heart feel so like that. Can you? <sighs> That's how I feel. And to just model that for your kids. So if you want them to engage with church, show them you're engaging with church. Um, rather than pivot towards more and more child-centric, sometimes you need to pivot to more and more you engaging and allowing your kid to access it. So you can you can read your Bible, that is your board book, child children's Bible, so that they can access it, but you can still connect with God in that way. And when they see you connecting with God, when they see it's genuine, when you explain to them, I love reading God's words because of this, then even at three and two, they see it and they and they have these images in their head of you praying regardless of what they're doing because it's what's important to you. What's important to you is important to them. So um, have a look. Sometimes they are disengaged because you're trying to do something that just doesn't fit their brains. And that's okay. And that's a really hard balance. And we're all doing that. We're like, are they completely disengaged because this book is like way too advanced for them? Or are they disengaged because they're just having a moment today? I don't know. And that can be hard to do. So when you when you see it, have a check. Check if it's that. But um, when you're doing an invitation rather than an activity that really helps your kids. When you're saying, let's read the Bible today because I love reading this, and you read it, and then they go off. If it's an activity that's child-centric, then you stop. If it's an invitation to do something with you so that they can uh, flourish like you flourish, then that's something different for kids. So change your measurement of what the fruit is, let go of your shoulds, invite them in and and know that your life is a window and a framing tool and let them come on in. And then I would suggest that you look for the 
macro rather than the micro. Nope, the other way around. <laughs> the micro rather than the macro, uh, which is basically look for the small stuff rather than worry about the big stuff. Sometimes we're like, oh, my kid didn't engage with that activity at all. My kid didn't engage with church at all. But actually what you may have missed is that for one second, your two-year-old paused while Sunday church Zoom was happening and had a moment with God. Or that your two-year-old was, um, there was a story I was hearing from another mom who, um, her uh, two-year-old was sort of tottering around when church was happening. And, uh, and then there was time to pray. Remember? And the child just wandered up to one of the other kids, touched the leg who that was sore. There was a sore leg, uh, touched uh, one of their siblings' leg and just said, God. And then just sort of walked away. And did the kid engage with church? No. Did the kid have a moment that they thought, ah, there's something about praying for people and I want to put my hand on someone's leg who has an owie on it and say the one word that comes to my head, which is God and walk away? To me, that's a great God moment. That's a response of knowing God can do something, a behavior that has been learned that we pray for people who are in pain and they reached up connected and then went away. That's fantastic. Celebrate the micro. Um, there's a, another story of a four-year-old who, uh, who in the middle of nightmares and struggles, uh, would go up and just grab the Bible and then put it under the pillow. <laughs> I was like that, that something in them said, I want the Bible close to me. Uh, great. Let's celebrate it. Did they open it up, read it and preach on it? No. Did there's something inside of them that had been grown in them slowly throughout their family, modeling and talking and doing it together meant that when they were scared, they reached out for the word of God. Yeah. Um, or, or when you're playing with worship, when you're playing worship on the music in the kitchen and you're cooking, uh, there was a story of a, ki a parent who was doing this and, uh, and their three-year-old just came in and just laid her forehead up against <laughs> the dad's leg uh, for a whole, just one song. It was like this little moment. And the dad was like, I just felt like there was some, there was just worship going on. There was just something of just coming in and listening to a song that normally plays at church that was just, it felt like a very holy moment of just being still together and listening to worship. And so he said he just stopped chopping and they just stood there very silently and he sung along and worshiped. And there was this moment, it was a moment. Celebrate your micros and rather than the, the macros because you may be worried that your kid is disengaged in the macro when they have a thousand little micros. Um, yeah, that's all I wanted to encourage you with. It Don't 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 let worry sit on your heart, but actually God is partnering with you and going ahead of you and he's with you. And if you can change what you're measuring and change what you're looking at and release yourself from those shoulds and, uh, and invite your kid into what's going on so that they can learn alongside of you and seeing you're authentic and look at spot those little micros, I think you'll be surprised how engaged and interested your child actually is. So I'm going to pray for you because I love praying for you. It's my favorite. And then, um, and then if you have any questions or comments or wisdom that you'd like to add to each other when your kid has felt disinterested or disengaged or anything I can help you with, and please type it and I'll, I'll answer it to the best of my ability right now. But for now, I want to pray for you. God, I thank you that you are the God who is not intimidated by our disinterest or disengagement. I thank you that you created our children's minds and their hearts, that you knew them before they were even formed uh, in the bodies of their parents. 
And God, whether, uh, whether we birth them out of our own bodies or whether they came to our families in, in so many different ways through adoption, through fostering, through extended family, I thank you for the gift of walking alongside these children, for doing a journey of faith side by side with them. I thank you that you want to talk to them more than we want you to talk to them, that you want them to know they're loved more than we want that, that you want them to connect with you more than we could possibly hope for. And I thank you that you are going before us, that we may follow what you are doing. I pray for all of these parents, God, that you would, um, that you would whisper to them the truth of what is going on with their children, that they may see um, why disinterest is happening or why disengagement is happening. I pray that you would embolden parents, that you would release parents from shoulds and worry, that they may boldly and peacefully step into helping their kids uh, see you and know you, uh, that they may be sparked by what they see in the lives of their parent and the lives of those around them, and that they may themselves engage with you in a way that looks authentic to them. And so I pray for deep, deep sleep tonight for the children um, of all the parents who are here, that they may sleep so deeply that everyone may have a great sleep. And I pray for just strength and a restoration of joy for all these parents who are in the marathon of their lives in this season, uh, that they may wake up refreshed and hopeful again. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, right, we have a, a comment. Uh, my five-year-old told me last week that God lives in his head too. <laughs> it made me wonder if he's heard God's voice or if he's just heard us say God can live in us. Either way, it was exciting to hear him say it. That is so encouraging. I love those moments where they just sort of come out and you're thinking, ooh, ooh what happened? Uh, either way, it is exciting. I love that, that micro moment. Thank you for sharing that with us. I appreciate that. Um, it's so encouraging, isn't it, to hear each other's micro moments to hear those um, things that make you go, ah, oh, something is happening. Yay. The fruit is popping up. It is so, so good. Um, uh, another one, it's the expectation I have of myself and the pressure for my under fives to connect, but modeling is so right. They are always watching and copying us. Yes. I, th I think also with under fives, we're so hopeful for them, you know, like, yeah, it's happening and I want this and I want this. And I, th I think um, being kind to us ourselves uh, of that, releasing that pressure and expectation from them and from us uh, is so encouraging. And I, I think also, uh, it also reminds me of, of God. And, um, and sometimes I picture God as having all these massive expectations of me. Uh, and, and I respond to him most when when I know that I am just loved and I'm on the journey and he is walking alongside of me and to be reminded that that's what we want for our kids uh, is so encouraging, releasing. Um, yeah. Well, I don't see anything else, Anna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait for another five seconds to see Anna has come up. But if not, then we will see you next month. Uh, oh, God, I'm coming. I love sleep. <laughs> I can say tonight that Jesus lives in her bedside light. Ooh, nice location. I love that. Uh, it's so good. Um, oh, it just makes me happy. Well, may you have a really blessed um, month. Hang in there. We're here for you. If you need anything, email us, uh, message us. Podcasts are coming out. And, uh, and we are thinking of you and praying for you. But you can do it. I believe in you. You can do it. And God has great things for you and your kids.
thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.